ahead and get started. This will also be recorded so those who missed it can listen to it. Lord, we thank you, Father, for today. First of all, I want to pray over this teaching. Father, I pray that you would give every single person that hears this, your word, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Father, that they would have a fresh revelation, Father, that even the things that they've already known about the tithe, Father, but I pray that there would be a fresh revelation of your word, Father, and seeing even deeper into your purpose and will of what you have called this tithe to be. And so I thank you for it, and I pray that as we speak your word, Father, that it would just grow in our, in our spirits and in our souls. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And that's what I want to start off first, is that before we even begin going over any of the scriptures, you have to know and settle it in your heart and mind that this is the word of God, that these scriptures are the word of God. It's, it's not talking about to tithe or not to tithe, the old covenant, the new covenant, or uh, the net or the gross. It's, or even thinking about did it work or did it not. This is a way of living because it's his word. You know, the tithing didn't begin with the law. It actually began in Genesis, in the beginning. Back in uh, Genesis chapter 4, 2, before the law was ever given to Moses, we saw that Abel and Cain brought to God of their labor, their fruits of their labor. And again, in Genesis 14, we'll see that Abraham tithed. That was way before the law. So as we look at these scriptures, know that if anybody ever just comes up and says, well, that tithing is of the law. Let's, let's get your facts right. It started before the law. It's not even a part of that. So in Genesis 4, 2 through 4, it says, And again, she bore his son, his brother Abel. Now Abel was the keeper of sheep, and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. I was in Genesis, the very, very beginning. And it says here that God, the Lord, had regard towards them. And in a few chapters later, in 14, chapter 14, 19 through 20, it says, And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham, keep calling him Abraham, but it's Abram still, gave him a tenth of everything. So in here, here we see in the Old Testament where it just began in Genesis. And if we move over to the New Testament in Hebrews 4.14, we say, uh, we see since then he, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, who is Jesus, the son of God. 
let us hold fast our confession. So we know we have our new high priest, which is Jesus. So when we take a look at what it is to tithe, we have to identify that it's two things. First, it's honor and it's obedience. First, above all else, tithing is giving honor to God. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It is such an honor and privilege to respect and honor the provider of such things that if we're just doing just the tithe with just 10%. And so we see here that it is a form of honor. And in 1 Samuel 2.30, it says, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promised that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And I, I put this scripture specifically because he is speaking about, hey, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. And that's a part of God's word that as we bring reverence to the tithe and making sure that it's not of, out of obligation or out of just this is what we do as Christians, but bringing forth that honor that it comes with, he is going to honor us. And as it says here, I promise that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. And he's going to honor us. The tithing is not a matter of the pocketbook or your budget or anything like that. It's a matter of the heart. So if you're tithing out of religious routine or compulsion without faith, that's just throwing something in the bucket. It's not doing anything. And we know that one who gives cheerfully is, you know, the, uh, God sees us as blessed. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8, it says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So it's a matter of the heart. And that's why with everything as far as God is concerned, we always check our heart. We have to, especially when we're dealing with God's word, we check our heart. Where is it coming from? What's our motive? When we see ourselves suffering financial lack or falling into uh, a place where we feel like we shouldn't be in, we need to check our hearts. What's going on? What, what can be causing um, a shift in where we're at? It, 
And if we want to live in the benefits of the tither, we have to first become a real tither, someone that does it out of honor and obedience, that our heart is pure and just doing it out of a place where we're putting him first. And we know in Matthew 6, it says, put me first and I will give you everything pretty much. The Hilda's rendition there. And something I heard that was thought it was pretty cool is that uh, Kenneth Copeland said, tithing is the umbilical cord to the kingdom of God's blessing. It connects us to God's kingdom. It connects us to his blessing. That's where it's coming through. Where if we're connecting our selves to the world, king or worldly finances and the way we're, the worldly does things, then we're connecting ourselves to that type of kingdom. And one of the things about tithing is that we get to, when we have our hearts right and when we're doing it out of honor and obedience and love for him, we know we have what we, you know, a lot of people call them tithers rights. And these rights um, start out in Malachi 3.11, we can read them. And I first put it on here in, our, in my outline um, about the devourer. In Malachi 3.11 it says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. The tithe is like an insurance. It says, when you tithe, I'm going to protect that 90% that you have left over. I'm going to insure that the devourer doesn't touch your finances. Now, this is all done in faith, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but when we see these words, he is not allowed to. He's been rebuked. You know, the devourer comes to steal your money, steal your seed, your job, your possessions, and he'll often get away with it if you let him unless you, you actively work the word, you'll have to say no. You'll have to say, that's mine. The devourer has been rebuked. You know, Mark 11, 23, 24, it says that you have, you'll have what you say. And that's a part of when we're tithing, we'll have to acknowledge what his word says. We must declare that we are always having and always abounding. And that's part of 2 Corinthians 9, 8 that I just read. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 58 also has it. But for the sake of time, we won't go there at the moment. And something to think about the devourer and how it could be a number of things the washer and dryer are not working or your car is acting up those that's the devourer acting over our things and we have as tithers a right to tell it not to just like jesus told the tree and that's the part where we get to where a little bit uh, between faith and crazy but I talk to my car. I talk to my appliances and I tell it 
the devourer has been rebuked and you will run perfectly and you will run a long time and we have word on that we know that when the jews were in the desert and they were there for a long long time 40 years but their shoes didn't wear out their clothes didn't wear out all of these things that tell us that we can supersede any of these world's expectations. Oh, this is only supposed to last this long, or this is a, uh, the lifeline of this is four years, or whatever. But as a tither, you have the right to speak to it. Because we don't want to have to pay for, you know, to have somebody come out and fix our washer and dryer, or to fix our cars, or having to get a new car. So as a tither, you have these rights to speak and say, no, you don't. You don't get to do that. And I'll go ahead and read Mark 11, 23 to 24, because it, is, it should be branded in our souls. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says, it will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it is yours. And you know, for uh, ladies, and we've heard the pastor preach about this, and, and this word is the reason why Amelia is here healthy and whole. Malachi chapter 3:11 The devourer will not rebuke your fruit. He's not allowed to. And so this can be this can, this this could go towards many many different places, not just possessions. Your marriage, your kids, anything. The the devourer is the enemy. The devourer wants to eat your seed. So we have the right, as tithers, to be able to say no. And we know that we resist the enemy and he has to flee. Amen. So now let's, so we know it's the devourer. The devourer has been rebuked. Now let's take a look at the blessings that comes with being a tither. It says, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I know Pastor recently preached about how the blessing, it's, it's Jesus. There's not enough room to receive it because here on earth, it can't, you can't contain it. You can't contain Jesus and, his, and everything that he's done. And the blessing is not just, again, financial possessions but it's talking about relationships and your marriage and your having favor with teachers you know if you have kids and anything that you touch anything that you have access to that's god has access to provide a blessing over that to you and as a tither that belongs to us if we look back to Genesis chapter 14, when Abram gave the tithe, and we'll talk about uh, Melchizedek here in a minute, he blessed him 
Now, a king's blessing over Abram was far above just, you know, when we say bless you because somebody sneezed, which that is a whole other conversation, how loosely we say bless you. But we have to be intentional with our words. When we see here that the blessing, there's not enough room to receive it, think of it as it, it doesn't have any boundaries of what you can be blessed with. If you want, and I'll just, you want better hair, you, you want uh, better nails, it could be as petty as that, but there's not enough room to account for it because it could be anything. It's the blessing. God says he will pour out such a blessing, you won't have room to receive it. The purpose of abundance, the purpose of living in overflow is so that we can, one, further the kingdom. And that's exactly what we get to do and we do here at Winner's Church when we go out on the streets, when we go out to uh, parks and we have these events. We're using kingdom resources to be able to speak life to our community, to bless people and to show them what Jesus is all about, that there's not a blessing that is, has enough room to receive it. There's just no boundaries in it. So when we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 8, and I know we read, I believe we read this last week too, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency all sufficiency in all things, you may abound to every good work. So then you don't have any limit on what you can and can't do for God. As it is written, he has distributed freely and has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. And he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of, thank, uh, for the ministry of this service is not only to supply the needs of the saint, saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Jerry Savelle warns that, and Jerry Savelle is a preacher, uh, he says, don't let Satan's excuses keep you from faithfully honoring God with your tithes. The windows of heaven represent an outflow of God's blessing showering you in every part of your life. It's God responding to our obedience in his word. As we continue to align ourselves with his word and and doing things out of honor and respect and thanksgiving to him we start aligning our hearts and our and the way we do things so then that way we there's nothing hindering us we see even in mark eleven twenty three when it talks about praying and receiving at the very end it says but when you pray forgive that again that's checking our heart where where are we at and again, we can't receive any of this without faith. 
It has to be done by faith. Because in Hebrews 11:6 it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you're tithing in fear, fear that you won't have any leftover, fear that you won't be able to make ends meet, fear that you won't be getting a return, you're not tithing in faith. Because the opposite of faith is fear, is walking in fear. And if you're not tithing in faith, you're not eligible to receive the benefits. So we have to check, check ourselves. Why are we tithing? You know, it's, it's a finding, the, taking a moment to reflect, why do I do this? And maybe, you know, setting some time aside specifically to reference back, am I doing this with the right motive? Am I making sure that when I bring my tithe that it is done out of place of not just routine, but because I'm bringing honor and I'm obeying his word because I know what the word says. So we don't just tithe, we tithe in faith. Do a believing that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake and that he will open the windows of heaven for you. If you're tithing faithfully, You'll, you'll go through a lot of bumps. I'll call them bumps. Because the devourer will try to knock you off course. And if, you're, if you think of a villain's uh, motive and their job description, it's their job to do that. It's their job, and I say their, you know, you could have multiple things coming in your way. It's their job to knock you over, to devour, to make you feel like you're not doing it right, and then now you're in fear. So it is, as Christians, it is priority that we spend time with the Lord, so then that way we know, our, we know what the Word says. We are reminded, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, so then that way when, when things come up, when we look at our our budget, when we look at how much is coming in and how much is going out, that we say the tithe is always priority. We will go without. And it may take that. You know, David and I have been in places where we, we did go without because of, the, of our tithe, because we had settled it in our heart, or that things didn't always end up the way we wanted to because we chose the tithe. And as Christians, we need to make that dis decisive decision of, I will cho always choose the tithe before anything comes up. And you have to settle it in your heart because honor and respecting God says, this, is, this attack or this thing that it's trying to push me over I will always, just like Job, I will always give glory to God. I am not going to let anything that comes at me going to deter me from doing what I know God's word says, what I know is honor and respect. So when, when things get tough, that's when our faith rises up and takes over. We, we know the word. We know what the word has said. We are transformed. That's our soul. 
our mind, will, and emotions, but then faith kicks in, and faith gets us over that place where we're, we're being uh, attacked by all sides. That's a part of the word. But we have to make that decision no matter what, no matter what's happening in this world, I will tithe because of honor, because of obedience to God's word. And I know that I'm going to come out on top. Maybe I don't come out, maybe tomorrow it doesn't look like it, but I will always, in, in the spiritual realm of where we really are from, we're always on top. This is not our, this is not our kingdom. This is not, you know, we're just here for a little while. We have to put all of those things into perspective when, whenever we're coming against these situations. Because it's always him that carries us over to the next, the next level, to where, we need to, where we're going to succeed, where we're going to rejoice. And we know that the word says that even when things come at us, just rejoice. Because we're on God's side. If he is for us, who can be against us? So we have to use our words. I like here in Deuteronomy 26, uh, 2 and 3, this was, it was pretty cool because it was fresh revelation. It says, take some of the f- first fruits and then a little couple of bit, uh, sentences later, it says, say to the priest, say to the priest. Again, we have to use our words and saying. In the old covenant, God's people would place their tithe, their first fruits of, of their increase in a basket, present it to the high priest and say to him, I declare today the Lord your God that I have come to the land of the Lo- that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give to us. They spoke of their redemption. That hadn't happened yet. But they spoke it as they gave their first fruits. So I encourage you guys, when you're giving your tithe, have a confession that you, of, of what you believe, of what you know God's word says. Don't just push the button. Don't just bring your envelope. But have that confidence of what the word is saying and that you are saying it out of your mouth. Jesus today is our high priest. When we present to, our tithe to him, because that's who we're we're not giving it to Winner's Church. We're not giving it to our, you know, Winner's Church bank account. It is going directly to our high priest, Jesus. So declare, say it out loud. As a, tithe, as a tither, I believe the devourer has been rebuked. You know, just say the word back. And the windows of heaven are opening over every part of my life. As I give, it comes back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You know, whatever you want to, whichever scripture you want to add to that. But that's his word, and say it. And we remember back to Proverbs 3, 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Tithing isn't sowing. It's giving back to God what is his. 
As a result, we live in the overflow, and then that overflow is our harvest. So anything after the tithe will be our seed because the tithe belongs to him. And a good harvester has to be a tither. We can't even be a harvester if we're not a tither. So you can't call yourself a farmer if you're not a tither first. Tithing is the most foundational part of prosperity. You can't prosper if you're not a tither because it starts with that. And it begins with that. And our tithing protects our harvest. You know, we look back at, you know, I taught a little bit a while back about uh, farming and being a harvester. And so if you look at a farm, they have to, you know, pour um, things out so that the bugs don't get to it. Praise the Lord, I receive it. They have to, to get rid of the insects, to get rid of the bugs, because they will come and they will want to take your seed. And that is what the tithe does. It, it gets rid of all the bugs. So then that your harvest will be plentiful and you can then believe for the 50 and the 100 fold, or 30, 50 and 100 fold, but that's completely up to you which one you want to believe for. So as we tithe, as we make that decision to tithe and be a tither, Go back and look at these scriptures. Settle in in your heart. Check your heart first. Where, where is this tithe coming from? Write down a scripture that you're going to say when every time you hit send, every time you bring that envelope. I was so happy I saw Julie. She posted how she wrote out her little note cards of her, what she says about love now. And it's awesome, but we have to do these actionable items because as hearers of the word, we have to be doers of the word. So as you give your tithe today, or if you already gave it, go through a time where you get with God and, and check your heart. Because I, I know that the Lord is speaking to us about our tithe because we, we need to make sure we're aligned correctly with him. That we're not doing it reluctantly, that we're not doing it out of routine but that it is of honor and obedience to him and his word. So then that way we can, everything we've been learning about, you know, prosperity and walking in prosperity and sowing and reaping, all of that doesn't come until we have our tithing straight. Praise God. I added some links to our outline that is on CCB of some really good messages um, from Keith Moore. He's talking about the tithe and he goes way deeper into it. Um, so I encourage you guys, uh, grab the outline. It's under in CCB. If you go to groups, then go to Winter's Church members and files. The PDF of the outlines are there and those links are in the outline. All right. Next week, we are going to cover faith and walking by faith, and we'll wrap it up with um, speaking words, what we speak, because that matters uh, in everything we do um, as well. So we went a little bit over, but we started a little bit late. Hopefully next time.
time will do a little bit better. All right, let me end it with a quick prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for what you're doing, what you're teaching us. I thank you, Father, that you are giving us a fresh revelation of your word regarding the tithe and that we are going to continually grow deeper and closer into that that relationship that you have us concerning our, our prosperity and, and what you've already prepared for us. And so I thank you, Father, and I give you all the honor and all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.